0: Hello? Podcast
3: Network Asia.
0: Project Loving Myself Podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. You're listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast, a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi. I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. Hi everyone! How's life been treating you? Things starting to look up? The month of June has always been one of my favorite months, especially since it's birthday month. June always feels like hope, excitement, and the start of a new adventure, which is what turning a year older means to me. I also just gave birth two weeks ago on June 4th to a beautiful baby girl we call Sahara. Which means not only the desert, but also the moon and dawn. I recently came upon a quote that represents how she makes me feel. A new baby is like the beginning of all things wonder, hope, and a dream of possibilities. And that she is. It is no coincidence that she's also born in my birthday month. I do feel that the universe has given her as a very special and precious gift to me. And so while I get to know this new member of my family, we're also getting close to the end of season two of Project Loving Myself. Life is such when one thing comes to a close, another door opens to something new like my baby. But I still have a few things up my sleeve for the last few episodes of PLM. Now, we normally have some great conversations with a guest on each episode, but today I'm bringing in a whole arsenal of well-being experts to the table, like literally. There is nothing like ending with a big bang, don't you agree? In this episode, I have the privilege and honor of bringing together some of the very inspiring self-improvement and well-being-oriented podcasters for a coaching roundtable which is basically a fancy name for an opportunity to share with each other and our listeners at the same time. We have entered a time in our lives that has been an absolute first for all of us. No one has ever had to experience the kind of a global pandemic that we are all seeing today. We are unprepared, inexperienced, and have ventured into unknown and uncertain territory. But here we all are doing our part to cope with the circumstances, to bear the torch of hope and light, to help you find the positive in all the chaos, and to put your best foot forward. Now let me go ahead and introduce each of the influential podcasters that are here with us today. You might have seen Cara Eriguel on your TV screens as an actress and event host. This multi-hyphenate is now making waves in the industry as the host of her very own podcast, After 30, with Kara Eriguel, where she talks about life, love, and everything under the sun as a 30-something. Cara, welcome to the show. Tell me a little bit about why you started your
2: most amazing podcast. Oh, thank you very much. Also, thank you for having me here. It was really because I was so afraid of turning 30. <laughs> at the time, I had felt like I should have already figured out life by now. Most of my friends were married, having kids and all that, and I was still changing careers at 30, and I just wanted to be able to do what I love, which is talk. In hopes of touching someone who might be going through the same things, who might have, you know, advice or even someone who really just needed to hear whatever it was that I happened to talk about in a particular episode. I start every episode with three deep breaths, mindfulness and grounding. And I end it with a gratitude shout out to the universe. So most people are ashamed of their age, even until now, or lie about being 30 and older. I just wanted to hold 30s hands and be like, okay, Let's take a deep breath. You're here. I know I don't know what to do with you, but I'm grateful for you. Let's kick butt. <laughs> honestly, you
0: know, Kara, 30, 30 was the best decade for me. Like, honestly, I loved stepping into 30. And I totally get that a lot of people are afraid and they start thinking, you know, they're getting older, they're on the shelf, they're, uh-huh. they should be doing things everybody else should be doing, everyone else is doing. So I get that. But Honestly, um, it was some of the best years of my life. So I'm so glad that your podcast
2: is out there and making sure everybody knows that. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I agree. I'm only on three years in and I'm loving it. So thank you.
0: (laughs) Awesome. So our next guest is Kathy Reneses, a certified well-being coach, mindfulness-based strengths and positive psychology practitioner. And she's also a life coach. She established Coaching Happiness Philippines, which is also the title of her podcast, where she guides people and organizations into their highest, happiest potential. Welcome to the show, Kathy. Hi, Sanaya. Thank you for inviting me to the table. Thank you for coming over. So, Kathy, why did you choose Coaching Happiness as the title and subject of your podcast?
1: Well, I already actually had a coaching practice before I started the podcast, which is called Coaching Happiness. Um, And it just felt, you know, it made sense to keep the same name, keep the same branding. And at the same time, we all kind of have different explanations or like what it means for us to be happy, which is why I wanted that to be kind of like part of the conversation of helping people discover um, what makes them happy, keeps them happy, and, you know, hopefully give them the tools so they can bounce back whenever things like the pandemic happen. You know, um,
0: normally when we think of coaching, we think of the vision, the goals, you know, the life's life's direction forward. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so interesting that with your podcast, it's coaching happiness. You know, you're bringing happiness into the conversation, which normally does not show up as the main focus of a coaching conversation. So I love that. Thank you for contributing that. All right. Motivational speaker and content creator, Alec Cuenca, is the host of the weekly podcast, Small Talk, a program which focuses on self-improvement. Through his content, he promotes self-awareness and positivity. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the table, Alec.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's nice seeing and talking to you again, Zania. and uh, it's really exciting to be here with these amazing people as well.
0: I know I can't I mean I'm just the energy is already starting yeah. to you know give me goosebumps <laughs> so I totally feel you. All right, Alec, you have definitely been able to connect with people in such a way that they can relate to what you're saying very easily. What do you think allows you to do that?
3: Uh yeah, I think I'm the I'm one of the few people who really likes to show what it means to actually live. It's not all you know butterflies and rainbows and when you you actually listen to my podcast most of the things that i share are very personal and all at the same time it's it's just my problems the, the things that i'm dealing with and apparently a lot of people can connect to it when you show your flaws when you expose yourself for who you really are and i think the more personal it gets the more universal it gets as well and uh yeah that's that that was just my main thing you know i I kept it real since the beginning, and uh, a lot of people like
0: it. you know I like what you said the more personal you get, the more universal you get. I totally yeah. love that line. I'm gonna definitely drop it on social media and <laughs> um, you know and and I agree with you, you know the more real you are people connect with that yep. I mean we're past that sort of time period where we wanted everything to look so perfect. And now, thankfully, social media is starting to get a lot more real. Yes. And people are getting a lot more real. You know, people, I know so many people who are doing these kinds of, you know, take, what was it? Taking your face off videos, like, you know, when you take (laughs) the makeup off instead of just putting the makeup on or like people are doing, you know, things that are just the raw, Self, you know, unmasked, yes. unfiltered. And, and I think that's the, the way to go for all of us. So yeah. thank you for that. Now, our last guest is Laika Maravilla. She is one of the most sought-after resource speakers and trainers in the Philippines. She continues to create educational content and has helped many people with their careers thanks to her Get Hired series. Laika also hosts her own podcast, Trying Hard with Laika Maravilla. Now, Laika, welcome to the show, firstly. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to hear and
4: listen and just learn from all of you tonight.
0: Me too. I mean, I'm loving this. Like, I'm already, like, on this high, guys. So can't wait to see where this goes. Now, Laika, you are on a personal mission to inspire others to love learning as much as you do. How can a love for learning really help people?
4: I think true love for learning teaches us one thing, which is kindness. It helps us be kinder to ourselves because it comes with a level of self-awareness, you know, that you don't know everything and you can't possibly know everything. And so you have to be a little bit kinder to yourself because you're on this path to still growing as a person. It also helps you be kind to others as well because it's also a lesson in empathy. Like if I'm learning, that means everyone else around me is still learning. And so I could play the role as a teacher for them, whether I'm younger or older than them or more or less experienced than them. And then I also have to be kind because they are all on their own path and in their own journeys. And that also means that even the worst people around us are people that we can learn from. So I think it really is all about kindness at the end of the day. I know academics don't like to talk about it that much, but it's what makes us human.
0: You know, um, I like your perspective because it's something that I did not consider before when it comes to learning. Like for me, learning is something I'm a big advocate of, but I do believe that Learning helps us kind of grow and evolve and it's all about us, but I like how you spun it around and you're like well It's actually about being kind to other people and that's something different and and definitely something that I will keep in mind when talking about that So warm welcome to all of you guys Thank you for sharing I'm going to thank you already right now because you're here and you're sharing your energy and you're sharing your time with all of us So, I've got a bunch of questions I want to ask you guys, and I'm going to go straight into my first one. So, we often get into well being and coaching after coming through our own dark days, perhaps our own set of challenges. You know, perhaps we fell a couple of times, we took some wrong turns. And eventually, I think after conquering our own fears, we learn to help other people, or we feel we must help others. So tell me about maybe the trigger experiences or the um, motivation that helped you or directed you to find the meaning and purpose that you found in your life today. And I'm going to actually throw this one over to Alec to start with.
3: <laughs> okay, so I-, I think I'm the youngest here, so my answer is probably... You know, the most naive one. (laughs) It all started when I got my heart broken for the first time. And I was young, I was naive. And then I didn't take it very well. You know, I did what every other stupid and reckless teenager would handle it. I wrecked my life even more. I didn't eat right. I didn't sleep right. You know, I I partied uh, every single day. You know, I was failing all of my classes, like all of them. And then there was a point that I just, you know, I just didn't want to continue. But then something like, uh, you know, something got in the way and, and I'm still here, gratefully. And then when I hit the reset button, I just said to myself that there are people out there who are experiencing the same thing and they had nobody to tell them that it's okay, it's okay to not be okay, that it's normal, you get, you, you, you get your hearts broken all the time, and it's just a part of life. And so I wanted to be the, the one to actually remind them that, you know what, it's going to be hard, probably harder tomorrow, but you got to keep going because it really does get better. So that was my main mission, but yeah, it all started with a heartbreak.
0: You know how how many stories in our lives, guys, start with a heartbreak? (laughs) We've all been too many, (laughs) way too many, too many. Now, now, Alec, when you are motivating other people, encouraging them, do you sometimes Mm -hmm. feel like you're talking to yourself?
3: All the time. Every content that I post, I make sure that. I know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't talk about things that I just read in the book. I make sure that I had applied it in one of my, you know, experiences in the past. Or it's currently it's it's the one that I'm currently struggling with. And so I partner it with, you know, the concepts and theories that I read on I read from books. But at the same time, everything is more of a message, indirect message towards myself. So I yeah, I definitely feel like I'm talking to myself all the time.
0: Because, you know, we're all kind of, you know, we're all doing similar things in terms of, you know, helping people and motivating people, encouraging them. And I find that most of the time it's because we didn't get that to begin with (laughs) and we're still trying to correct it for ourselves. And I also think that we're all trying to heal others in an attempt to also do that for ourselves. Exactly. So, yeah, I can see all of you guys are like nodding. So you totally <laughs> yeah. agree with me because i been, been there too. Yeah. Now, like how about you? What was your turning point or what, what was that, you know, dark period or challenge that got you here?
4: How dark can we get?
0: (laughs) (laughs)
3: Well, I I should have asked that question too.
0: (laughs) It's a podcast, so you can say whatever you want.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have multiple versions of this story, but I guess what I could say would be my life has been a series of really tough challenges. And one of the biggest triggers, I would say, would be losing almost everything in a span of three months. So I had to quit a job that I enjoyed. I had to give up my dream of being a lawyer. I actually dropped out of law school. I lost a community that I was involved in for my entire life, basically. So with that, I lost all my childhood friends, uh, all of the people who, who were dear to me. And I started feeling lost. Uh, I've always been this driven young woman who wanted to go out and conquer the world with the safety net of having this community, all of these friends behind me. But in one fell swoop, everyone disappeared in, from my life. So I had nothing and no one. And I had to revisit who I truly am out of the context of the environment that I was raised in. And so it was a journey of self-discovery, getting to know the good parts about myself because my entire life people were only talking about the bad parts, trying to shape me into the woman that they were expecting me to be, not wearing leather jackets, always wearing skirts and stuff like that. So um, it was kind of a rebellion against who I was supposed to be, a discovery of who I am. And now embracing all the flaws within me, I'm hoping that through the Trying Hard podcast, uh, I can at least encourage people that even with their flaws and actually using those flaws, they can reach even more people. So you have this idea that in order for you to be a mentor, to be a coach, to be a thought leader, for example, you have to be perfect in everything, in every aspect of your life. But I think that's a lie, and the and when kids grow up realizing that that is a lie, and people betrayed them for the, for their entire lives, thinking that everyone older than them is perfect, that's the time that we start failing these kids. And so my journey, when it comes to sharing my stories and my flaws and everything through through podcast primarily, is about that um, enabling kids to grow into the person that they could be, but realizing that as they are right now, in their flaws and imperfections, they can already create a positive mm. impact in the people around them.
0: Laika, don't you think for most people, because you, you talked about adults sort of betraying children. You talk about, you know, children grow up and they realize, wait a minute, you know, everything's been a lie. Everything they've be- they've believed up until now perhaps was a fabrication or a lie. But don't you think also, Laika, a lot of times kids already figured out that their parents failed them in childhood. And perhaps that from that point already, there's all this trauma and stress that we carry forward. What are your thoughts of that?
4: I actually agree. And I think that's where the betrayal comes in because we already know these things. But for most of our lives, people still make us believe or pretend that everything's okay and that they're still perfect. You have to follow me because I'm your parent. You have to follow your boss because he's your boss. You know, society's always been like this. People are evil, stuff like that. And it's something that would, you know, simmer, uh, stew inside people. And what happens eventually is they just cut off those relationships when it gets to the point that it's too toxic. So I think that level of, I guess, integrity isn't present in most adults. And I I know betrayal is such a strong word, but um, I hope that you still take away what I'm trying to say here. I think we have to show people that everyone is flawed earlier on in life so that they could at least be more forgiving towards us when we actually Mm. reveal that we are. Because people will still respect you if you're flawed. Just be honest about it.
0: I think and that's a really important message for parents and for adults of, you know, any role they play because often we feel the pressure to pretend like we know all the answers. You know, even as a parent, you know, you, you want to show your child that you know what you're talking about. And so you set all these rules and guidelines. But at the end of the day, you're probably not, right all the time. And it's okay to tell the child that you're wrong. But most of us, I mean, I know I was raised in a time and generation where my parents would never admit that they were wrong or that there was another way to do something. And now, you know, I was talking to my dad on the phone yesterday and I was talking to him about how he used to be that type of person where it was like his way or the highway. And he's like, look at how I've changed. In fact, now my son is the one who's constantly like, you know, telling me that I'm wrong or, or you know, like basically making him feel like he doesn't always have the the best perspective or point of view. So I love that we are talking about those things and we're making people more aware, even as adults, that we don't have to have all the answers. And it's okay to tell the child that you're wrong or that, you know, I told my kid the other day, I was like, you know, I really need a hug because I'm feeling really bad And my kid came over and he hugged me and he realized it's okay to feel not so great even as an adult. And I think that's something that, you know, we can learn and maybe start to do in our own lives in some way. So thank you for that. Now, Kara, how about you? What's your story? What was
2: your dark uh, moment? Oof. Too many, too many to choose from. i just kidding. But I love that um, it was like her right before me. And then you <laughs> said what you just said now, because it's kind of a mix of those two. I decided to do it at a time where I just had quit my job, which I thought I was going to do for forever. And also, it happened maybe a couple months after my mom and my dad, who were never married. I grew up in a very colorful family. I actually have three moms, two dads. But for some reason, they were all just friends. My, my, my. Wait,
0: wait, 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 Kara.
2: <laughs> yes. Did you say three moms uh-huh. and two dads? Yeah, but we okay. we weren't living in one house. Okay, it's it's nothing like that. Okay. <laughs> it's it's a dramedy, not just not just a comedy. No, but we all just grew up. I have like five half siblings. We all grew up in an environment where everybody was just okay with everybody. My mom became best friends with my 1st stepmom, But you know what? Of course, it didn't start out that way. But just as we were growing up, they all found a way to co-parent. And I guess it also kind of shaped me as a person. Because growing up, I remember a conversation I had with my now husband. And I was talking about an ex, and I'm friends with that ex. And he was like, how can you be friends with a person who cheated on you? And I'm like, because he cheated on me doesn't mean he's a bad person. He just made mistakes. And now we're friends, and I'm okay. And I'm just, I couldn't understand why. He, you know, thought that way, and I thought the way I did, and it's because, I guess, of the family that I grew up in, that everybody was just found a way to work with each other, you know, and and were much kinder to each other. And going back to what I was saying earlier, two months before I started the podcast, my mom and my dad separately called me on random nights. My mom was drunk, by the way. My dad wasn't, <laughs> but my mom just called me, and she was crying and apologizing for no reason. Just she was just. Like, and it was an hour of her apologizing for everything, for for only loving me the only way she knew how, and for not being able to do this and that. And then on a separate day, my dad called me. And I'm (laughs) I'm, I'm feeling all the feelings again right now. But um, I don't know why the universe just, you know, had to make that happen in a span of two weeks that both my parents apologized to me without me asking for an apology. But it was something that... Uh, Kind of opened something in me. I was like, you know what? Ha. Uh, Our parents didn't know any better. They just, again, loved us the only way they knew how. And age doesn't have anything to do with it. Right? Like what what you guys were saying also earlier. So I wanted to do the podcast also and kind of reach out to people and be like, I'm 30-something. I still don't have life figured out. So let's all figure it out together. So there. Wow, that's so
0: inspiring. First of all, your very colorful childhood obviously provided you an amazing education. In fact, I think the more colorful our childhood is, the more interesting it is, the more educated we are, you know, the more prepared we are Uh for how life is is quite colorful right on its own I mean forget even like what's happening in our personal lives there's enough going on in the world itself you know just watching the news there's so much going on out there life is colorful life is complicated life has a lot of different shades of gray and I think that To pretend that our life, our childhood should be perfect, it's never going to happen. And so even though I keep talking about, you know, how much our childhood influences us, at the end of the day, I think it's those experiences that prepare us for life as we know it today. I agree. Like, I know I became really strong because of all those, you know, experiences, as it sounds like uh, you did too, Kara.
2: And doesn't it make you, I feel like it makes you much kinder, though, because you understand, right? You see different sides of things. It's not just like this way and it's supposed to be this way. and Yeah.
0: Plus, I think you do, you know, just like, like I said, you develop the empathy. You develop kindness because you can understand somebody else's perspective. And, you know, they probably didn't have it easy either. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. All right. Now, Kathy, over to you. Tell me about your experiences that brought you to your podcast, to the career you chose? I mean, I'm sure there's a story there.
1: <laughs> I actually find it very ironic that I'm coming right after Kara because my experience is the complete opposite growing up. <laughs> um, so, you know, I've, I've always been a pretty like happy child, but growing up, my, my mom and dad didn't have the best relationship. Um, my dad was very loving, but he wasn't particularly there all the time. And um, I was born and raised in Dubai and we kind of came here to the Philippines for around my high school and that's where my parents kind of separated. And my mom kind of turned into this very controlling woman. So there was a lot of physical abuse. There was a lot of emotional abuse in the house. There was a lot of trying to control her children financially. And that kind of just led me into a deep depression. So when I was in college, you know, my guidance counselor actually kind of pulled me aside and was like, I think you should get, you know, you should get checked because I, I think that you're clinically depressed already. Um, I was skipping classes. I could sleep like 48 hours straight, like as a coping mechanism for like the the sadness that I was just kind of feeling. And I already tried to commit suicide one time by like taking a pack of paracetamol pills in the hope that that would kind of end my misery. And I was around 18, where I always like to say a life coach saved my life. So I I joined this kind of like weekend workshop. I met this life coach. And he was the one that actually gave me the tools and gave me that awareness about how much control I actually had over my life. Because for the longest time, I was in this kind of like victim story of, oh, you know, I'm never going to get out of this. This is my life now. I can't imagine things getting better for me. And it was actually him that gave me all these tools to really take control of my life, take control of, you know, what was kind of happening to me and just to make those courageous choices to help me move forward. Eventually, I discovered positive psychology and I threw myself into that. And then, yeah, later in my 30s, you know, I realized that a lot of the people around me were kind of going through the same thing like it was it it wasn't clinically clinical depression but there was a lot of anxiety a lot of people had different you know like they would say that they were depressed um and they would have depressive episodes um and then that's where a light bulb kind of clicked in my head and I was like you know what you know a life coach kind of saved my life like I want to be there for people who are going through the same because I've gone through that journey and I've come out of it the other end better and more resilient for it. And that's why I kind of do the work that I do now. That's amazing, Kathy. And, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking back to my own
0: childhood Mm. and I remembered something that, you know, I'm, I'm aware of this memory. I just maybe haven't visited it in a while. And I remember being young. I was Probably not a teenager. I was younger than that. and I remember feeling really devastated about something that was going on and I was very, very upset mm. and I remember thinking, I wish and I lived on the um, fifth floor mm. of, a, of a apartment building, okay and I remember thinking, so I must have been eight, nine and I'm thinking, I wish I could just open the window and jump out of the fifth floor. And at that time, I didn't think anything of it, but it was like years of healing later that I brought up that memory for the first time. And I acknowledged Mm. that that's a suicidal thought, you know, in that moment, that's a suicidal thought that you can't cope with the situation enough that you're talking about what is one way to make it all go away. Yeah. And I never thought of myself as someone who was suicidal or depressed or any of those things. Mm. But that memory opened the door to realizing that even one incident like that is enough to say that there was stuff going on already beneath the surface that I wasn't aware of. And it brought me to another memory where I had a friend who I was very close to. And um, her parents moved around a lot. So she was in um, Japan where I was living for a while, and then she was moving. Mm. And I remember the day she was leaving, she came to say bye. I wouldn't open the door, and I cried for six hours. Mm -hmm. Okay, so obviously there's all this stuff going on, and we don't have names or labels, or at least we did not that time. And there was such a lack of understanding back then I think that's changed a lot. And I think adults and parents recognize when their kids are actually going through something and they're a little bit more also careful about how they trigger their own children. Mm. But I think it's because of our own experiences that we have come to a point where we realize what people need or how we need to help people. Which brings me actually to my, my next question. So each of us, we're here on this table. We have our own, like, special advocacy, our own message, point of view. Maybe you call it your mission when it comes to well being, coaching, self improvement. So, and I think it's our experience, obviously, that have shaped us to develop these different sort of uh, directions in our life. So, tell me what is yours and why? Okay, And I'm going to start with Leica on this one. It's hard to sum
4: it up in one sentence, but I always say that my goal is to democratize access to education here in the Philippines. And in many ways, it's the same when it comes to the way that I coach people uh, through their personal journeys. I love how Cathy said tools, right? Um, that's what coaching is about. That's what positive psychology is about, giving people the tools that they need to hopefully deal with their problems in a more positive way. I love how you said uh, choosing words, like, right, having words for the, those emotions. And even teaching people those words, like the difference between frustration and disappointment and sadness and grief, those are things that a lot of people don't have access to. And it's the same when it comes to head knowledge and dealing with our emotions. And I think the Philippines in general is still you know, stunted in many ways because having not having basic access to quality education it hinders you from building up your personal you know, um, arsenal of words and arsenal of tools for self-help. It even stunts the growth of people when it comes to wanting things for themselves. If you ask someone down the street, what's your dream? They would usually say, you know, get a million bucks so I can have money for my family. But nothing about their personal growth and well-being. So I think that is, in many ways, my mission, to make things more accessible to people. Even the things that I struggle with make it accessible, just so people can learn what they can from it. And I think with the onset of technology, of course, that's, I think, something that we're all trying to do, to just reach and teach more people through the stories that we tell.
0: That brings up such a good point, um, Laika, because communication we know is key. And a lot of us don't have the language to express ourselves because we don't know what we don't know. Right. And so I think you're right in giving people the ability to, to understand what's going on with them and use the right language. Then it's easier to ask for help and it's easier also to communicate what's going on in their space. Wow. That's actually super
2: interesting. Kara. how about you? What's your Mm -hmm. view? Well, I guess my main thing is just mindfulness and gratitude. I think I it was later on in life that I realized I actually did have a lot. It was a blessing that I had three moms and two dads and five siblings and didn't grow up in a regular home. You know, because growing up I would always felt like I just didn't have any parent to myself. Or that I had to fight for their attention, though I had three I, I I always had to keep changing myself one parent to another, one sibling to another, just so that they can love me, so that also manifested they came out in, in all the relationships, most of the relationships that I had growing up. so it was only now that I'm older that I realized just you know, I think we just have to come back to being mindful and 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 grateful for the things that we do have instead of focusing on lack life would be so much easier, lighter and kinder, I feel like. You know,
0: you uh, brought up a really interesting point, Kara. because I've read some studies on babies born to single moms, mm-hmm. right? And let's say they the, the mom is starting to date a new guy and he starts coming around. And so you've got a little baby, like a little infant, and you've got a new person in the story. The baby will actually start to change it's pheromones okay there's a, a kind of hormone called pheromones and so the baby will emit these pheromones these hormones that will actually match the vibration of this new man in an eff- effort to get that man to lo- like to fall in love with the baby because it's about survival so okay. this is like something in our dna Like we change our pheromones when we are attracted to someone and we actually make ourselves look more attractive to them and they feel more attracted to us. So this is something that happens. Actually, it's what we call chemistry. Okay. It's what we call chemistry. So I can understand that from a very young age, we actually mimic our parents or we model, you know, behavior based on our parents. And so, you know, if our, if our parent is a certain personality, we change ourselves to kind of have a good dynamic with them. And you're mm-hmm. right, having three different parents must have been a lot to cope with. It right, because you're different with each. Yeah, yeah. Right? Super. <laughs> That's super interesting. I, I, uh, I can only imagine how much that taught you Um, and and that's probably now I have three different personalities. I'm just kidding. Or, or Kara, you probably get along with everybody. You find it really easy, (laughs) right? To kind of relate to any kind of person.
2: Yeah, probably. Yeah, I guess so. I have them to thank. I have my childhood to thank for that. So, yeah, yeah,
0: there you go. That's the gratitude, right? Mm -hmm. That
1: we're talking about. All right, Kathy, tell me about your. Mission, your purpose. Yeah, sure. Well, with Coaching Happiness, my mission is really to help co-create a better world, one Filipino at a time. Like, that's, that's my mission statement. Um, you know, I believe that as Filipinos, we're very heart-centered people. But a lot of the times, I think that works to our disadvantage as well because we weren't taught how to manage our emotions. So I think it's similar to what Laika said earlier as well. So my focus really is well-being as well as emotional literacy. So trying to give people the words to help describe like what it is they're going through, because the more that you kind of, you know, if you can put a label on it, you know how to process it faster. Again, just giving people the tools for that conscious proactive communication and, you know, not just flying off the handle every time or keeping it in until you can't anymore. A lot of learning about What boundaries are and how to establish boundaries because I feel like in our culture, that's not something that we normally do. We have very tight knit families, and tight knit means extended family. And you know, they're always in our space, and we just kind of get used to it. Um, And also, I think, just trying to shine that light of awareness as well on these cultural limiting beliefs that just don't serve us in the 21st century. You know,
0: Kathy, um, one thing when when I got to the Philippines, I noticed about Filipinos is that everyone's generally very happy. Like, they're happy people. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I noticed that underneath the happiness – there's always a lot of stress and a lot of burden. Exactly. So what would you say? Like, is that real happiness? Is that more of a carefree attitude? So I remember it confused me in the beginning because for me, it was like such a pleasure to move to the Philippines because everyone's so nice and so like, they're just really loving and happy in general. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they always had issues or there's always problems and a lot of it as you said has to do with families and extended families and and more often they're not their partner you know their partners cheating on them their partners being disloyal or their partners not kind of helping out in some way so that was the kind of dichotomy that i experienced yeah. the second thing i also wanted to ask sort of your point of view on is the idea of boundaries You know, it's, it's something I also see here. It's very difficult for people to draw boundaries. People don't know what it feels like to have personal space or to ask for personal space. So what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, well, um, I think for for the first question, I think it's a little bit of everything that you mentioned. Like there is this almost like a mask because that's what we were taught growing up. Again, it's like it's it's a limiting belief system of, you know, are you know you why why are you why are you sad? Why are you mad? Why are you whatever the negative emotion is? And then they kind of attach it to like aren't you happy? Like you know aren't aren't you happy? to like, be with your family or aren't you happy to spend time with your husband? And it's almost this kind of gaslighting, this mm-hmm. guilting, into putting on a happy face because you don't want to, you know, like disrupt your coworkers, or you don't want to, you know, like, like bring up a fuss with your family. And again, I think that really all goes back to emotional literacy. You know, a lot of the times, a lot of people don't know what they're actually feeling. If you ask somebody, you know, how are you doing? Their automatic response is okay lang, and you know what is okay lang? What does that even mean? Instead of you know, if you ask, if you ask, I don't know, maybe like an American, how are you doing? They can articulate exactly what it is they're feeling. Like, oh, I'm having a really bad day, but I'll get over it. Or you no, know, today's been really good. Thanks for asking. And again, I think it's a cycle. Like it goes back again to that limiting belief that we had growing up as kids where when we would try to express ourselves, you know, our parent would go, shh, don't, 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 don't be noisy or don't talk, you know, like you should, you should only be seen and not heard, you know, or if, you know, a kid, you know, that baby or that kid stubs his toe or falls on the ground ground it's always oh quiet just, just quiet just keep quiet and i think we've internalized that a lot right as opposed to like i remember like growing up among the brits you know if somebody like scraped their knee the mom would ask does it hurt where does it hurt and the kid could point out here like my tummy aches or you know like my knee hurts they were allowed to articulate what it is that they were feeling For us, it's a lot of just kind of pushing it back, holding it down, Um, you know, always put on that happy face because you don't want to disappoint the people around you. So I think really the challenge here is to get people to be able to like pluck up that courage to say, this is how I feel and own it you know, not and not be apologetic for whatever it is that they're feeling. From my experience coaching, that's where a lot of the reasons why we don't speak up comes from. There's a lot of guilt for some reason and a lot of shame for telling people that we're actually not okay lang. And then, yes, going back to boundaries, I think that kind of problem is also a big part of, of what happens when you don't have enough emotional literacy to kind of say, hey, you know, you're encroaching on my space. So if somebody does have boundaries, a lot of people interpret it as, oh, you know what, like she's just being really bossy. Or, oh, I don't like her, like she has an attitude. You know, we label it as something negative when actually this person is just really – Trying to let them know that it's not okay, and for people who don't know that that's allowed, in a sense, um, you know, they kind of feel, for lack of a better word, butt hurt because of it. So I think there's a lot of education. Me and Laika should probably work together on this, but there's a lot of education around how to. Um, You know, like manage emotions and process it and explain it in a way that people here can kind of really understand and get without feeling that they're being attacked or that they're being looked down on, if that makes sense.
0: It makes complete sense. And I like what you said. You said, own it. You know, whatever your emotions are, whatever you're feeling, own it. And that's a really important message. I also noticed like from a lot of what you were saying, it's a matter of vocabulary. Yeah. Like you talked about how, you know, in the US, for example, they have so many different ways of responding to how are you today? And all of those are acceptable. You know, there's enough vocabulary to explain that but you're right if i asked anybody you know something like the the answer is almost always like okay lang or like something like that Mm -hmm. but i i do agree there's this whole cultural element but i also think it's a bigger problem than just you know here in the philippines because i know like i grew up in japan japan's not much different like in japan you don't show your expressions you know you're kind of like You're meant to have a very stoic sort of um, response or facial expression. You know, you don't express. And you also don't tell people how you feel because it's rude. It's shitsure, they say. And you also do your best to always seem, you know, like you're happy or you're comfortable, even when you're completely not feeling that. And so there is also that, I would say, That issue in Japan. I know in my culture, even in India, um, though I've never lived there, but it's kind of similar. You also have a lot of extended family. And I'm thinking back also to my my child um, just today. So his nanny went to the province to visit her family. And she just came back after three weeks. Mm -hmm. And obviously, he's very happy to see her. He really missed her. And today, apparently, while showering, she let some soap, like drop into his eyes. And he started crying. And he was crying for like 30 minutes. Almost Okay, I'm exaggerating. He was crying for a good 10 minutes. It feels like 30 minutes, you know, when you have a three-and-a-half-year-old who's who's bawling. Anyway, so I'm, I kept asking him. I'm like, well, what are you feeling, you know? Why are you crying? What happened? What happened? And neither my his yaya nor I could figure out why was he crying. Mm. And I remember I kept, I kept thinking in my head. You missed her. That's what you're trying to say is how much you missed her. Mm. And finally, I had to bribe him with biscuit. And I'm like, okay, I will give you a biscuit. Just tell me how you feel. And um, finally, he was like, oh, you know, the soap got into my eyes. And that's why I started crying. And I looked at him and I said, you've been crying all this while because a little bit of soap got in your eyes? Does it still hurt? And he's like, no. And I said, was it a lot of soap? And he's like, no, just a little bit. And I said, then why were you really crying? And then he just looked confused, like, hmm, I guess that was not why I was crying. You know, so even like our children and, you know, I'm very communicative. I'm very vocal with my children and I'm constantly asking them questions like, how do you feel? Mm. And sometimes I know it's annoying, but I'm always asking them that because I want them to express. But I think that from a young age, you know, we have to be taught to express and recognize our emotions. And most of us are walking around not knowing how to recognize our own emotions, much less help somebody else with that. Mm. Right? And so I'm actually going to go over to you, Alec, because you talked about how in the beginning you had the heartbreak. That's what got you started. And then you talked about how it was your own experiences that really provided the material for what, you are connecting and relating to other people, you know, on those same sort of issues or challenges. So talk to me about you and what your point of view is.
3: Yeah. Can, can I just say, I just love listening to all of you. I was like, I'm not even thinking about what, what, what would I say? I, I, I just want to sit here and just listen to all of you guys. <laughs> you guys are really amazing. Anyway, if there is one thing that I would say would be my mission is to just get better before I was really insecure. I, I don't know. I was weak physically, mentally, emotionally. I was very dependent. Financially, I was really broke. Had no money at all. And then um, I, you know, when 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 my lowest point came, my, when my rock bottom hit, I said to myself that I, you know, that's the reason why I really love your podcast, and I I really love the title like Project Loving Myself. Because that's like my thesis in my life. I need to love myself. I will make myself my own project. And so I said to myself, look, I'm at my rock bottom. Nobody likes me. I'm insecure. I, I won't go to, you know, uh, I, I won't have any good future with this, you know, where I'm going right now. And so I made, I made a commitment to myself that I need to be better. I got to be better. And I got to love myself more. And, uh, you know, I, I when you look at the different, like um books or the different people who will shout at you like be better they're 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 always really harsh, they're always really strict, they're always really um like you know the old school teachings are like the very traditional way, but I said to myself now if i'm if I'm going to love myself, it needs to come from a point of kindness, it needs to come from a point of love, not not because I hate because I hate my past or I hate you know um where I am, my circumstances right now. I, I needed it to come from a place of love and kindness. And so I said to myself, I just got to be better. And surprisingly, um, you know, the podcast that I started, it was a side, it was a hobby that, that I said that, you know, if I wanted to be better, I, need, I needed to step out of my comfort zone. So I started the podcast. And then when I got better, I was surprised to see that the light that I turned on inside of myself radiated to other people. And that in turn, um, you know, inspire them to inspire other people as well. And so if, you know, I'm going to summarize my whole mission is to put myself in the front and show that it is possible to get better. Wherever you are, whatever circumstances you are in, you can get better. So that's basically my mission.
0: You know, um, Alec, uh, it reminds me of a quote that I love by Edith Wharton. And she says, it takes only one candle to light a thousand. Okay, oh, yeah. and really like what you're saying. So, wow. Okay, wow. And you're right, you know, just <laughs> listening to everybody is just so interesting. Like, I'm learning a lot. I'm sure you guys are also picking up things from each other. Now, before we get to the next question, we're going to be right back after this short break. Hi, this is Mirza Cison. Got lots
4: of goals and dreams but are faced by obstacles? Join me as I help you unpack the tools you need to navigate through life's sometimes bumpy roads. Listen to my podcast called You Can Do This. You Can Do This. Available in all major podcast platforms.
0: All right, next question, guys. Mental health is going to... I mean, it's already been a huge... I think, issue for everyone, Mm. but I think it's going to take an even bigger toll by the time we get to the end of this pandemic, whenever that is, right? And it's already been affecting motivation, our spirit, uh, our ability to have healthy relationships if we can have them at all, given the social distancing. But also, you know, being able to interact with others again. I don't know about you guys, but for me to go out and meet people is like, it's weird and it feels like, am I doing the right thing? You know, I'm just kind of like, there's way too many people here and there's all of like four people, you know. And I, I, I have to go see my, you know, OBGYN because I'm pregnant. And sometimes I get into the elevator to go up to to her floor. And if there's like more than two or three people, I'm like, it kind of feels claustrophobic already so you know even for me who has a pretty healthy mindset i would say this is not going to be easy to come out of it so what are your thoughts on that where do you stand um what do you see as as going to be the challenge or the way to go with uh this situation that
2: we are all working through today Mm. so i'm going to ask you first kara Well, I feel like we are forever changed (laughs) coming out of this. There's really no such thing as going back to the old normal anymore. I mean, how can you, right? Even me that I'm here in the province and everyone's like just a little less guarded than people in Manila. I'm burning. I'm like, how? Even if when I'm at the beach, I can't be, you know, near another person. And, And there's really no going back from that. But I feel like this has taught us to dig deeper into our roots and just be humans more careful humans, you know, <laughs> more sanitary humans. <laughs> <For sure>. Just, <laughs> to to this <laughs> to kind of um disconnect and connect, mm. L- like a restart, like when you restart your Wi-Fi. I feel like that's what this whole thing um has done for us. And and we, there's really nowhere else to go but up from here and try to get better, right? I feel like we've had a lot of time to work on ourselves. And even if it's going to be harder to meet people outside, we're meeting people online more now, actually. So, yeah,
0: (laughs) that's actually really true. And that's a very positive way to look at it, that we have gotten a lot more inventive in the way we connect with each other. We've had to, you know, we definitely found some great ways to still connect despite the circumstances, but at the end of the day human connection right the physical touch <laughs> the being in proximity with people i mean that's got to come back someday right, <laughs> oh,
3: it's right? so painful okay.
0: <laughs> seriously like i i shudder to think what's going to happen to literally our children or what it's going to be like to work for a company again yeah. you know with people like in the same space i mean this just, i don't know I don't know about that. How about you, Laika? What What do you say about that? <laughs> you
4: know, how, you know how it is in real life, right? Evolve or die. Like I know it's, it's a really hard statement to talk about, and it's really not absolute, but that's how things are. And I think what makes us humans is trying our best to help more people adapt in this new situation. Mm-hmm. But again, there will always be people who will find it harder than most. So let's start with that. And um, I just going back to your question a while ago uh, for Kathy about you know, how Filipinos are, why are we like this? Uh, one of the core principles uh, of Filipino psychology is in the study of Filipino psychology is the word kapwa, mm-hmm. uh, which does not have a direct English translation. I think mm-hmm. the closest is what, fellow man? Um, but the idea of kapwa or the shared inner self or this idea that you are part of a community It's something that's deeply rooted in who we are as Filipinos. And because of that, Filipinos are having an even harder time adjusting. And the sad part is they're turning to social media to kind of, you know, dampen the blow, to have that sense of self, even um, in this, well, I wouldn't say fake, but in this virtual environment. And we see that happening every day. Like people want to belong on social media. They would say things, post things, pretend to be someone else just to find some sort of belongingness in the community. Now, that's okay to a certain level. But then if you are belonging in a community that drives other people into other communities and this you no know, battling with other communities online, then again, it takes a toll in society in general. So I think uh, this is a golden opportunity for Filipinos to understand the difference between their capua or their sh- shared self because they are no longer forced to do that every day. You know how um, houses here in the Philippines are usually in close proximity with each other, so you can't really go out and buy something without meeting someone in the community and saying hi and pretending to be okay. But now that we don't have that, now that all we need to do is to walk to our refrigerator for snacks and back to our room, we are left asking ourselves who we truly are out of, again, what I said earlier, my own journey out of the context of the community that I was in before. So I think this is still a good opportunity to do that if we allow ourselves to really come face-to-face with maybe even the monsters within us with our own hurts, with our struggles, with how we really define ourselves and our self-worth. Like what Alex said, right? Uh, we look at monetary success as maybe the one thing that would define who I am. Uh, if I'm the, uh, I'm the cousin with the n- most number of diplomas or the highest paying job, maybe that would be who I am. But now we don't have that anymore. So it's either we own this time in our lives and learn the most out of it and see who we truly are and how we interact with other people without that notion of this is pakikipagkapwa, this is me pakikisama or this is me uh, pakikiramdam lang uh, or trying to feel my role in society. I think we will have a better generation to face the new world that we're going to have to face because all of us will then be motivated. Um, so self-motivated, not doing things just for the grades, the applause, or um, the, the titles that come with it. Even the learners these days, I know they struggle with online learning, but I keep telling that, them that maybe it's the optimist in me, that if you learn how to learn, if you learn how you learn, and if you learn why you have to learn, then you would emerge out of this pandemic with maybe not the best grades, but as a better person, because those are the values that will take you further along in life.
0: So true. Now, like a couple of thoughts, okay, about what you said. So am I right in saying even in the Filipino language, right, there is a tense for us. Like there is a shared, right? There's always like it's me, you, them. It's always like an us. So I -hmm. I totally see where you're coming from, that it's in the culture, right? But at the same time, for most people, Like you said, that's their identity. And now we've got this pandemic, which has brought down all these walls where they didn't exist before. And suddenly people who are not prepared for this, I mean, nobody told them this was going to happen. It just sort of like dropped down, you know, and people are scrambling and they are not sure how to handle this and deal with this and we're not talking about like just small communities of people i mean this is widespread right this is in every strata of society where this kind of who am i who am i without my community who am i without my extended family who am i without you know my whole barangay or my whole village or whatever it is right it changes everything doesn't it and you know, do you see that showing up with, with people that you interact with or people you might be coaching? I mean, is this something that is really real for you guys? How about like, like us? I'll start with you and then I'll ask some of the others on that same point.
4: I think it's, it's really evident in the, the younger generation, but in a good way. In the older generation, it's more scary for them, I feel. Um, for example, my parents, both of them are retired, and my mom prides herself in helping other people. They're the couple who, that people would call if their car stops you know, on the highway, no matter what time it, it is. They, they're the couple that uh, would help people bury their dead, guard their sick while they're in the hospital. But they can't do that anymore. Because they're stuck exactly. at home. They're senior citizens. And now my mom is actually struggling with that. like am I if I'm not Mama G? They people call her Mama G. Mm-hmm. Uh, people yeah. are still asking for her help, but you know, she doesn't know how to use G Cash or any of those online tools. So <laughs> she can't really pass the money without informing us or her daughters. My dad, who was the one who was always you know driving to these places, he's stuck here at home trying to get his grapes to grow. It's an impossible task in the Philippines. <laughs> <But> that's <laughs> I think he knows that too, but that's his way of channeling this energy towards something else. Mm. And now they are forced to like look and take stock of the decades um, that passed in their lives and the time that they didn't spend with us in trying to, to help so many people out there. And then they see actually the, the truth, which is we don't have that much of a relationship within the household because they spent most of their time outside. And now yeah. they are struggling with that. And, it, and now we get to help them confront that reality for for the younger kids as well you know so many kids uh, I think one of the episodes that I didn't I didn't expect to do well was an episode that I called why smart people don't try hard uh, I it was kind of a confession for me because it, it was my life story why I don't try because I don't want people to think that I'm not smart if I actually try and fail and I didn't think it would do well but the kids these days are talking to me about that episode because that's how they feel. You know, so many achievers when they were in in grade school or in high school are hitting college and it's online learning. And these are the kids who are so used to having their names called first when it comes to the the high scores. Uh, You know, for a semester, everyone was either pass or fail. So even if they did their very best, it was just pass and everyone else passed. Even the classmates didn't put an effort like they're having a hard time doing that. But again, um, it's those who will embrace it, that these definitions that we slap on ourselves um, and how we compare in our communities, if we get rid of that, I feel that's the time that we will raise a generation that would truly focus on themselves. Because more than, um, I mean, it goes hand in hand, I think. The way that we Filipinos don't know what words to say for our emotions, we think that it's a selfless act. When this pandemic has forced us to confront all of these issues within ourselves, which will actually be the real change that we need moving forward, if only enough of us actually survive. <laughs> that's, that's a question.
0: You know, you're talking about a major cultural shift that is happening, needs to happen, and will probably end up happening. You know, for the average Filipino to go from service to others— which was what they knew, to finally learning to serve themselves, which is honestly, it changes everything in so many ways, mm. you know, because it's, it's suddenly about your, yourself, you know, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your partner, your relationship, you know, with your God or your creator. I mean, this is like a major game-changing experience for Filipinos, culturally and i totally i totally see that mm. now alec what do you think about that
3: yeah i think that's really interesting um you know you mentioning that there is a cultural shift i was thinking that yeah self-love wasn't cool before like nobody would talk about self-love it's like always you know um help your parents when you graduate it's like the typical filipino path but i guess you know i could really resonate with the things coach like said when um when when the pandemic happened we're forced to just be with ourselves we're forced to figure out who we really are in in opposed to who we thought who we were before and this could also be a great chance and person uh for us to know know really who who we can be in the future and for me that has been my you know my feel or my take on the whole pandemic thing like i'm a big fan of the code like there's a lot of things like focus on the things that you can't control and let go of the things that you can't you can't control and i've always been hearing or reading that quote but this is actually the first time that you know your whole life depends on it can you actually focus on the things that you can't control and let go of the things that you can't and so more than uh, it is a mental health adventure or <laughs> journey for me. It's also more of a spiritual journey as well. And um, I think when I, when I got to realizing that uh, the pandemic has stripped most of the people, um, all of the things that they thought was important, it it made them question themselves, what do I really value in life? And it turns out it's the things that money can't buy. It's, it turns out it's uh, things that we, we we see on a daily basis, but we don't appreciate it enough. And so this has been a journey for me. And I mean, that's that's practically what I'm trying to teach and share on social media as well is that there are a lot of things that you can appreciate and be grateful for, even though these uh, the shift is happening or the pandemic is happening. And I know a lot of you guys are doing that as well, but yeah, th- that's my take on... Know what coach like and Sinaya was talking about.
0: Yeah. You know, also, um, it brings me to another point, uh, Alec. I definitely do believe that COVID is one of the biggest equalizing factors that we've seen in a long time. You know, at the end of the day, you don't get to choose based on how much money you have, you know, what work you do. I mean, at the end of the day, people are struggling and it doesn't matter what you do or don't have right i mean there's some countries like in india it doesn't matter how much money you have and in india it's a kind of place where you have the more access you have to a lot of things and there people are just they're going through a lot you know with the whole situation you know with the the new strain and the number of cases that happened at the end of the day people are realizing you know, it's your life is really the only thing you can count on, and everything else is just not in your control. Yeah. Right.
3: Yeah. So I, I just want to add on to that. Like, I think it's it's really it's a, it's a really scary thought. And um, you know, a more blunt way to to say that is like, I realized that you know, COVID made me realize that I'm going to die very soon. <laughs> not 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 like in the near future soon, but soon I'm gonna die. So I'm gonna make sure that before I do, I gotta live. So in that way, when I wake up in the morning, you know, the things, the the little things that I worry before, I let go of it, and, I, and now I'm more focused on the things that I really love, and make sure that I live in a life that you know is just full of kindness and positivity, and I just appreciate it, and, and I'm really grateful for it.
0: And I I really appreciate that thought too, Alec. Thank you for sharing that because that was that's <laughs> something we have to keep reminding ourselves, right? Like. <laughs> With everything happening, just back to those basics. And I just wanted to say, I wanted to comment one more thing actually before we roll over to Kathy. Laika, you said something. You said evolve and die. And then you you know, you said, I know that's very harsh to say, but actually, Laika, that's essentially something we've heard from charles darwin i mean he said only the strongest the fittest survive i mean things haven't changed actually it's really been all this while evolve or die you know and mm-hmm. we're not very we're not in a different place even though with all the technology all the access to healthcare, all the access to all these different things that we thought would help us and keep us safe and insulate us from the things that are out of control at the end of the day, it's either you change or you don't move forward, you know? You get stuck or you you, I don't know, die, basically. That's as simple <laughs> as it is, right? Yeah. Okay, so Kathy, over to you. What are your thoughts in terms of how does this pandemic bode for your practice? You know, what have you
1: seen over the last year and where do you see things going mm. forward from here? Yeah, well, I think at the start of the pandemic, there was a lot of like there were a lot of people trying to kind of like, be super positive about what was happening. Like I would get clients who wanted to challenge themselves to like learn a new language or to pick up this amazing skill so by the end of the pandemic like they would like be trilingual and they would know how to like play the entire band etc and then the theme kind of turned into a lot of clients that were coming in who were being made redundant so they were kind of looking for tools on how to cope, how to build resilience, um, how to move forward. And this year, I noticed the trend for a lot of the clients that I get now are people who have kind of lost who they are because they put in so much um, meaning to the labels that they were given, like manager, mom, you know, like auntie and they didn't know who they were without the labels because they've been sheltering in place for so long either by themselves or with another person and they weren't able to go out etc that you know they kind of felt empty because they didn't know who they were without having that label on them. So there was a lot of there's a lot of self discovery I feel for this year with the clients that are coming in. A lot of people are discovering who they really are once you kind of unpack You know, what your parents taught you, what your teachers taught you, what your friends and colleagues have taught you. And, you know, a lot of that is shedding now because we're we're kind of left to our own devices in in, in a lot of ways. So I'd have conversations with clients who, let's say, you know, used to believe that everything that they bought, if it wasn't on sale, is too expensive. Like everything is mahal. And then now they're like, but now whenever I hear that in my head, it's very clear it's my mom's voice in my head telling me to put that back down because it's Mahal. And you know, like they're they're starting to process all of these things, like all of the traumas, experiences that they've gone through up until this point. And I think it's pretty exciting because they're finally realizing their potential like they're not just somebody's child, or they're not just this, this number, you know, like in a company, they're, they're just not a statistic. And I see, I can see a lot of people are shifting from being very, very logical to being more heart centered. You know, a lot of people are, are looking for that love and that connection, wherein before that wasn't, as big as a priority. So, you know, for me, I think that although, you know, this pandemic has been terrible for everybody, there are a lot of great lessons. Um, And I think that there are a lot of people who kind of have woken up and want to focus on growing themselves because they know like that's, that's the only way that we can actually evolve is by putting ourselves first and evolving ourselves first before we try to like, try to preach and teach it to others.
0: I agree with you, Kathy completely, but I also think that it's unfortunate that we have to learn to value things only once they're gone. Yeah. So I Totally see that connection as being something we've all learned to value, something we've all learned to respect and, you know, to, to do everything we can to keep that human connection going because it got taken away from us. And I do agree that this pandemic has is the biggest opportunity we've had in a very long time yeah. to go inward and to kind of establish our own um, relationship with ourselves. So absolutely um, agree with you on that. Now, given everything we've talked about so far, and honestly, you guys have made some really brilliant points, um, brought up some things that I think a lot of us can relate to. What advice would you give to our listeners today? Where do they go from here? How do they create their best possible future from where we're at today? So I'm going to start with you, Alec. What would you say to everyone out there?
3: Yeah, um, to everyone who's listening and, you know, who just wants to create their best future, I think you just need to start being better, being 1% better. Just focus on finding one thing that you can improve on every single day. And, uh, you know, eventually it will compound and, will, you know, you will be there, you will get better and you will create the best future for you, for yourself.
0: Awesome. I love that. All right, Kara. how about you? What would you say?
2: Uh, you can't give what you don't have. So work on yourself. Work harder on yourself. Work even harder to be kinder to yourself. Uh, and love yourself. Don't forget to breathe because sometimes we do when we're scared, when we're angry, when we're surprised, right? So just don't forget to breathe and don't forget to be grateful.
0: You know, um, Kara, that whole point about don't forget to breathe, I think that is such an important point, and we don't stress it enough because the first thing that happens, right, when we get angry or we react is our breath starts to escalate mm-hmm. and accelerate, or we don't catch our breath, right? And if we paid attention to that and we slowed down our breathing, purposefully, Mm -hmm. then the anger would dissipate, the reaction would disappear, and we could actually stay calm and truly decide how we wanted to respond to any given situation. So honestly, thank you for mentioning that because I just remembered, yeah, you know, mastering the breath, that's that's like the most basic thing they teach us, right? In a yoga class Mm -hmm. or in meditation. And sometimes the easiest way is the best way, right? Exactly. So, that's awesome. All right. So, Laika, how about you? What advice would you give to our listeners?
4: I, I try to say this in every opportunity I get, especially to the, the younger generation. Who you become means more than what you become. So, try to be that person. You know, the roles, the promotions, the well, gain that comes with it. It's secondary to your character, to who you are, to who you want to be in the future. So focus on yourself. Who you become means more than what you become. But remember that you have to keep falling in love with every version of yourself. And it's the same with yourself and same with other other people as well. So just be a little bit kinder to others. Be a little bit kinder to yourself.
0: Oh my gosh, Laika, we're just getting all these sound bites from you. Like, who we write, (laughs) guys? I'm like, like, should I get a pen and paper and start writing this down? (laughs) Who you are is more important than what you become. And it's true. We focus so much on the promotion, on the title, on the, you know, role and responsibility. And it's so true that it's not about that, but it's about who you are you know, and that really is only something that you can give to yourself. Nobody can give us that, right? All the other stuff, people can give us titles. People can give us promotions. People can, like, give us awards or recognition. But who we are, the only person that can do anything about that is us. Wow, guys, so powerful. This is so powerful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Kathy, tell me about your advice. Um, My advice is just have the awareness that you are in control of your life. So, you know, have whatever goal, dream, vision, start with the end goal in mind, work back from there and find out what habits you need to build in order to prepare you for when you do get to whatever that beautiful vision it is that you have for your future.
0: And, and that's key, right? We need to all hold a beautiful vision. We all need to know where we're going and what we want. Mm-hmm. This is like super, super steroid. Like, this is like advice on steroids. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> all right, guys. So last question for today's episode. Tell me, guys, what is your Project Loving Myself mantra for today? And what I mean by that is your self-love quote, inspiration, message, what you would like to kind of sum up for today's episode and give that as a gift to our listeners.
1: So let's start with uh, Kathy on this. Okay, well, just I I guess just from this experience of being able to do this podcast with all of you wonderful people. My mantra is radiate so much love and happiness that it sends off so much positive energy. It shifts the vibration in the room. Love that. Positive energy
0: is always something we could all do more of. Okay, rolling over to Laika. How about you?
4: Let me start by saying that out of the worst experiences come the best teachers and everyone here represented can I, I think would agree with that. And um, when it comes to life, it's okay to be a uh, try hard you can try again, you can try harder, try better, try smarter, try later, or try something else. Just keep trying. That's what life is all about.
0: And that's where your, your podcast sort of comes, right? Trying harder. <laughs> trying a bit more (laughs) yeah i know right i i caught that and that was awesome very smooth (laughs) 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 all right um how about you alec
3: yeah i just i just want to say what what kathy also mentioned is that you know this has been really amazing and i love the frequency the vibration the energy in this room the virtual room and i'm just really amazed why i'm here like Why You know, I I find myself, I found myself, like, in in short glimpses, like, why am I here? These people are so amazing. Like, what? what? Because you're amazing. Wait.
1: You're amazing,
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I guess my project Loving Myself mantra is if you want to find better relationships, if you want to need better people, then you need to have a better relationship with yourself. Starts with that. So, yeah.
0: Oh, yes. I think we're all nodding our head and we're all saying in our heads like, yes,
2: absolutely. Awesome. Okay. And Kara, how about you? I'll try to do it like I did also. I'll plug mine. <laughs> just kidding. No, but, <laughs> 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 but this, I just want to share this a uh, uh, quick thing because this is what I learned to do recently. Every morning, I try to do it every morning. I breathe in love. I breathe in joy and I breathe in gratitude and I exhale love joy, and gratitude as well. What you take in, you will also give out.
0: Beautiful words from really powerful, inspirational people here. It is really a blessing that I was able to get all of you guys here at the same time on... (laughs) This podcast, I am so truly grateful to you guys, and I don't know if you guys out there are listening in and feeling this energy in this space between all of us. I mean, it's just like, so honestly, this is such a great collaboration. I hope we do more of these in the future. Yes. Yeah, and I think we should rope in like more people and turn this into like something bigger and bigger. Um, I think there's definitely strength in numbers. and I think group energy just, you know, magnifies everything. So um, once again, guys, I really appreciate that you're here with me and that we're sharing all of this with our listeners. Before we close, I would love for you guys to not shamelessly, but with complete pride and joy, plug your podcast and tell people you know, to come listen because at the end of the day, more people should be listening to all of our podcasts. More people should be inspired. More people should be changing their lives for the better. And I think the more of us that get together and touch people the more they will inspire other people around them and that's really the ripple effect of love and light like i think i think alec you mentioned this kathy you mentioned this about like radiating that vibration and light onto others and that's what um i think binds all of us together so go ahead kathy we'll start with you tell us tell
1: our listeners about your podcast yeah, thanks, Naya. I'd just like to invite everybody to catch the Coaching Happiness podcast, um, available wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. They're very short 20 to 30 minute episodes of well being topics and well being in the workplace topics, perfect for if you are washing dishes or sweeping the floor or whatever short chores you're doing and just want a little bit of company. Awesome. And Kara?
2: Yes. Hi, everyone. Please check out After 30 with Gata Eregel on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, it's just a 30-something reminding you to take deep breaths and live with gratitude. We talk love, life, fear, relationships, career, sex, food, money, good books, and how life is so much different and oddly the same after 30.
0: And you know what, Kara? You cover like so many topics. <laughs> it's amazing you can do that. Wow. And you know what's more amazing? That you can say all of that in one breath, right, guys? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Well, that's the amazing yeah. thing. Yeah,
3: exactly. Awesome.
0: Okay. Um, Alec, how about you? Uh,
3: guys, go listen to Small Talk, Small Conversations with Huge Impact on Spotify and on, and on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow me on Instagram and on TikTok at Small Talk Podcast, I also post some motivational and inspirational messages there.
1: Super! Yeah.
0: And last but not least, Leica. All right, I have two
4: podcasts. The first one is the Get Hired podcast for those of you who are in search for a job or a switch in careers. That could be a good way to help you prepare for your next job interview. And the Trying Hard podcast, My Baby, where we get to talk about the difficult things in life. So for those of you strugglers and stragglers out there who want a little bit of company, the Trying Hard podcast may be just the right community for you.
0: Wow, two podcasts, like, uh, so you're like doing a podcast like all the time.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> that on top of the YouTube videos and TikTok videos and everything else. Yeah, my life is a uh
0: wow weird weird life (laughs) I remember I used to look at people that you know their titles like digital creator and I'd be like what is a digital creator I mean this is way back okay I'm talking about like years ago and I'd be like what are these people who are digital creators doing that and then fast forward a couple of years and now we're all digital creators and we're all doing all this Uh kind of stuff and we're doing a ton of stuff and we're just you know being able to I think um, bring more and more positivity and really love out to the world. So thank you guys for joining me on Project Loving Myself. Guys, check out all of their podcasts. They are so amazing. And I know you can already tell just from today's podcast how each one has their own vibe, their own story, and how we can get something really special from every single one of our guests who are with us today. Did you like this format for today's episode? I like doing things differently every now and then, as most of you know. It keeps things fresh in our minds and keeps us from getting stuck in a rut. So do try things differently whenever you can. Take a different route to work, show up early for a change, or even take the day off for some self-care. Now if you picked up anything interesting from this episode, do share on Instagram and Facebook, and don't forget to tag at Project Loving Myself Podcast and at Sanaya Gurnamal on all social media channels. I would absolutely love it if you could follow the podcast on Spotify, and definitely give me a rating on Apple Podcasts. Share this podcast with your friends and family if you think it will make a difference to their lives. This week's Project Loving Myself quote for you is Life Begins at the End of Your Comfort Zone by Neil Donald Walsh, author of the Conversations with God series of books, which is a fabulous insight into the mind of God. This series helped me to really understand two very important questions. What is our purpose? And why are we here on Earth? So do get a read if this is something that interests you. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of Project Loving Myself. We are getting to the end of Season 2, but Season 3 is right around the corner, so exciting times are still ahead. So keep going, hold your head up high, and remember, you are loved. This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and powered by Podmetrics.
2: The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.